Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wagella, and I'm joined today actually in studio, not in Traverse City. Brian Nice and co-creator of the pod is back in town. Brian, welcome back to the studio, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. <laughs> I don't think you've been here when we've had the four mics set up. No, no, it's new to me. There are so many chair options. Yeah, and still only two people, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're still, all right. We're still getting back into the swing of things of doing this podcast weekly again and not taking an entire summer off. Happy to be here. Just a, a little happenstance that I happen to be in town. Yeah, we were talking earlier because we had planned to do this podcast like a couple days ago, but I did not know he was going to be in town, so I was getting ready to hop on a Zoom. And he was like, yeah, I can probably uh, get dropped off over there. I'm like, wait, are you in town? I'll just fucking come pick you up, my brother. Let's do this. Yes, my uh, younger brother is getting married. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Add the audio cheers. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to do more post-production on this episode than any before. (laughs) So, yeah, thanks for having me. It's wild to be back in the studio. There are so many beers I couldn't actually figure out. When's the last time I was in, uh, yeah, in the studio for a beer on the shelf? Because I I noticed a lot of these labels that I've had them, but uh, it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute, and we've done a few on Zoom too, and it's it's just cool. Thanks for having me. And we got our um own self portrait, or not self, yeah. but gar- garbage portrait behind us of both of us. I, this is the first time I'm seeing it in person, <laughs> and we definitely it's definitely us. Yeah, I'm like, still trying to figure out. Maybe I'll post a long, picture. It's definitely us, but also um, uh, the Black Keys. Oh, my God. Is it the Black Keys? It's Yeah. I've been trying to figure out who it is. I was like, either, maybe it is the Black Keys, or maybe it's Flight of the Concords. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but they're interviewing well, on mics, and it's why would they? someone have randomly painted this that I found in the dumpster at my work? <laughs> like, Who would throw this away anyway? It's not like it's a bad thing. Damn, did we have like some bad interviews back in the day and they're just like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Maybe this is our future and somebody came back in time to give it to us. (laughs) If any of you guys have ever seen this portrait before, maybe I've posted on Instagram before. Follow me at Nick Wigella. Please let me know. (laughs) But Brian, as per tradition, uh, well, because I only thought you were coming via Zoom, I only have three of these beers because I got like a random mix pack, but... We will both start with one. This is what we're drinking. Why don't you tell the listeners what it is? Oh, we have a Traverse City beer. Of course. From Right Brain Brewing Company, Spiny Norman India Pale Ale at 6.2% ABV. He's getting back into it, guys. <laughs> oh, wait. Like, it's Monty Python-inspired namesake. This IPA strikes a balance between ferocious and playful. Spiny Norman's recipe gets its spines from rice and sycamore hops. Well, it's a clean shark. Wait, wait, like, but where's the where, where's the Monty Python? Well, it says up here he was convinced that he was being watched by a giant hedgehog who referred to as Spiny Norman. Oh, that's right above. <laughs> it's a clean, sharp, and effervescent rice IPA. Expect a floral aroma, light golden color, and notes of citrus and pine. I don't get the reference. Maybe I haven't seen that one. I um, haven't seen any of them, but we're running out of time, so let's open these up and see what they taste like. Cheers. Cheers. 
That's a great beer. <laughs> beer number one. Sport. And that's all you'll get from the review. Go try it yourself, fuckers. <laughs> Brian, the NFL season is back. That's right. It's back. Um, uh, what'd you think of week one? <laughs> um, you know, from what I saw from... I didn't watch the first half of the Lions game, um, but I, I got to watch the second half a little bit, but... Second half was a lot... Well, the last two minutes were a lot more fun than the entirety yeah. of the game. <laughs> but just from what I've been hearing or, like, from some of the replays, like, I guess uh, Goff had a pretty good game, but, like, a lot of drop passes or... Yeah, and a critical pick six, which yeah. he has kind of been known for in his time yeah. in L.A. So probably not the answer for the Lions, who are probably an answerless football team at this point. But uh, Jeff Akuda ruptured his Achilles yeah. tendon, our third overall pick from last year that was not looking good before that anyway so god damn it bob quinn and matt patricia did you just fucking tarnish this roster bit tough bit tough it's tough Um, but golf's playing with no receivers except for tj hawkinson yeah like all these other people are like castaways and but matt stafford my hollywood matt hollywood maddie i hear they're calling him now oh yeah (laughs) hollywood staff yeah, good for him. I want the Rams to lose every single game. Ooh, I don't hate hot. I don't hate Stafford, but I want our draft stock to be better because we have with, those two first round with picks. With his one sleeve, man. Yeah, and the Bears are a mess because what are they <laughs> <Yeah>. doing? Starting <laughs> Andy Dalton and then randomly giving Justin Fields like a couple plays. Dude, it's kind of similar to the 49ers with Trey Lance. I don't understand what these teams are doing. Yeah, was it his first? Uh, their first red zone play he throws that pick in the end zone. Andy Dalton? Um, I'm I probably. I <laughs> I was not paying super close attention to the Sunday night game. I was only watching Tyler Higby and hoping that he dies on the field because I was playing against him in fantasy. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I am a ruthless Lions supporter and fantasy advocate. Welcome to Split Six, y'all. <laughs> um, other NFC North news. <laughs> um, what's up with Aaron Rodgers? Did you see that game at all? Uh, I caught a little bit of it, yeah, and he, uh, what, threw five picks all of last year and threw two within, what, three possessions or something? Yeah, like? it looked lazy out there, wasn't, I mean, Jameis Winston and the Saints beat them at home when they're really playing in Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida and the damage it caused. He's straight Shout up. Shout out to Tropical Storm Nicholas rolling through there right there. God damn. <laughs> Yo, he is just saying, like, you know what? I got Jeopardy. <laughs> Maybe. Did you? Oh, we can he's talk. Like, he's like, okay, yeah, John Mulaney. I see you. I see you with Olivia. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, well. Fuck you and you fuck your bears. I heard a conspiracy theory on 97 with a ticket about Aaron Rodgers that he's, because he's married to Cheyenne, Cheyenne Woodley. Cheyenne Woodley? How do I? I know, I know the, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that he's turning into like this big hippie person doesn't care about anything. <laughs> because <laughs> cause he's got that long hair now. It's it's like, shout out to the Entourage listeners when Vinny Chase in that one season was dating that hippie and Val Kilmer was the weed dealer. I have not watched Entourage, but... <laughs> shout out to the one person. But, um, yeah, uh, so people are thinking that he's there to sabotage the team because of how they treated him the last couple seasons. Um, probably main thing of trading up to draft... Uh, Jordan Love without talking to him and for no reason really I don't know why the Packers did that unless Jordan Jordan Love does have a sick name but 
Is Aaron Rodgers the most petty man on the planet? Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to suck because y'all didn't do what I wanted. But, you know, there's nothing like a get-right game against the Lions on Monday Night Football next week. He's probably going <laughs> to fucking... He's probably going to torch the fuck... The Lions yeah. already... The Vegas line is 11, so... And Vegas usually knows what the fuck they're talking about. He's like, I'm not... He's like, I'm going 1-16. I'm not going 0-17. Shut shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Or 2-15 if they play them twice. How many times they play each other? They play each other twice a season, barring a playoff meet. Well, I I didn't... Which I I think is safe to say the Lions probably won't be in the playoffs this year. Hey, man, I never want to hate on the home team. Though the Lions aren't... talk about the best team in Detroit if you want to. Oh, you're talking about um, our... Beloved Detroit Pistons? Yes. Or are you talking about our beloved Detroit Tigers that are currently still playing? I'd rather talk about Pistons. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> we can still talk about Lions if you want. but uh, Before we move to basketball, um, let's just give a quick shout-out to Tom Brady looking better than he has in a long time in one game. Um, You're not wrong. Which I don't know how that man keeps getting younger when he's 44 years old playing. I say and he's not a kicker. But yeah, <laughs> he's no Jason Hansen, but I'll give it to him. But I say Kyler Murray's winning MVP this year. You, you heard s- it here first. You say you said earlier you were thinking Tom Brady. I'm thinking I'm thinking Tom Brady doesn't want to lose a single game this year. And That's I don't fair. really know how if Antonio Brown's going to play this good with and also with, it's, our, with our, him being the third receiver, the third best receiver on this team, theoretically. What's that? What's that season they went sixteen and zero but lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl? Yeah. No, he's gonna go what? Seventeen and zero and lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Giants will turn it around. Dude. <laughs> Even though the Giants looked very I could, bad. I could see that that arc for the simulation right now. Matrix Four is coming out, so like. Oh wait, no, they can't lose. That's the genius of Tom Brady. So I went to the NFC, so he can't lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Exactly. So <laughs> who would he lose to? Um. Well, I mean, there's no one that like. I don't think there's anyone that's like a big rivalry with Tom Brady, other than the Giants organization and Peyton Manning. But <laughs> so, so it's just a fun team, though. A fun team would be like the Bills. I mean, the yeah. Chiefs are obviously. The, the obvious favorite um but like Tom Brady's you not, know what fuck them the the I feel like the Chiefs are the only team that would have a chance and I think it's probably going to be a Super Bowl rematch yeah which will be that's, fun um that's why it's not fun <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun watching the NFL for the last 20 years and seeing Tom Brady in the playoffs every year <laughs> Was part this podcast was started the week after yeah, Tom Brady had the most true. insane comeback ever. That's true. But why do people think that's fun and people don't think it's fun when like LeBron's always going to the finals? And that's a professional yeah. transition to basketball, Brian. Look hey. at him. Look at him. We got a pro over here. Hey. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've been in the studio. But I'll People will say that it's not fun to watch LeBron in the finals every over and over again, but basketball's ratings have gone up exponentially since he's been in the league. So they're I mean, lying because it's be, fun to hate. It's fun to hate watch. To be fair, this previous finals I think was like the best finals that we've seen in a while. Oh, that one basketball. was that was really exciting. It was, but uh, yeah, it's always better. When and LeBron's you and, in and, it. and the team you didn't want to win won too. I mean, yeah, I didn't mind who I I wanted the Suns to win more for Chris Paul because I'm more of a 
Chris Paul fan, but it's like I'm not mad. Chris at Paul the pulled a classic Chris Paul. Yeah, <laughs> and ch- choked away probably his last opportunity. I mean, this, I'm not this, mad that the Bucks won, but it's like I would have because I, I know that's it's like really kind of, hard to root against Giannis. Yeah, for sure. It's no shade, but uh, it was kind of like I think Chris Paul's last opportunity and Devin Booker's maybe because he, you know, I mean, well, he is only like 20. He's been in the league mm. for I feel like nine ten fucking years and he's like 24 <laughs> yeah and i don't really know how many people are gonna beat a healthy nets team so yeah it's gonna be a wild year yeah especially when like it's a good time the pistons the... are like the 04 pistons this year and they just somehow win it all and that would be nuts <sighs> it's just gonna be so beautiful it's a great time for the pistons to grow <laughs> while we still have these super teams and we have potentially if more players are going to be like Giannis and stay with their team i don't think that's going to happen but but it is good for small markets that's yeah. why it was super good for i think the finals in general for seeing Phoenix. seeing the people outside of uh the milwaukee stadium all watching the games and yeah. stuff like it's like fuck i want that for detroit so bad yeah i think it will happen too i mean once we get there mm. um because we have a bunch like detroit has some notable like basketball teams in the past and hockey teams especially mm-hmm. but they were all before we were like you know into the bar scene or had enough money to go and, and do and this before shit. like detroit was what it is now right yeah which is you know this really like a lot renaissance more... city right yeah for for at least the downtown area but yeah 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 gentrified um, as fuck but yeah <laughs> but that's a whole different story yeah <laughs> But, you know, once we get, like, I can't wait to experience that. And with the Pistons drafting, winning the lottery, I remember I called you. I was about to get on a flight and just watching at a bar screaming by myself. <laughs> I, was at, I was at the bar when, <laughs> when uh, we got the lottery pick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I called you right after it happened. I called you. Oh, well, I, when we got the lottery pick, I th- I th- I, well, one of us called each other. Yeah, and I was just like, holy shit, we got first overall. <laughs> <laughs> we're I'm, getting Cade Cunningham. I'm on the plane. I'm like the guys next to me. I'm like, guys, if you want a beer, I'm buying, man. We fucking got Cade Cunningham. We got the number one pick. They weren't into it, but somebody, a couple of seats ahead was like, yeah, Cade. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Dude. Easiest flight of my life because I was just so happy. And this this is a this is a good, pretty good draft, too. Like, I really like Jalen Green, who went to, to, uh, to Houston. To Houston. Oh, he, you coming to that game? When is it? I'm going to have the Love Circle Christmas party on December, I think, 18th. It's a Saturday. It's a noon game. It's the first time the Rockets come here. I'm count, gonna... count me in because I have the Hot Mulligan show on the 16th. Oh, there you go. So I'm thinking of just like kind of staying in town until Christmas. Yeah, I'm just so. going to I'm gonna try to convince all of our friends to go. And if we get enough, I'm going to get us a party bus. We're just going to... Put me down for a ticket already. All right, cool. Yeah. Um. But, That's going to be a fucking electric there because it's a Saturday at noon game. Yeah. Anyways, um, like I think Cade was the best. I I, I also really like Jalen Suggs too, mm-hmm. um, but I know he kind of got hurt in uh, in summer league. Not mad with Cade pick. I think that's the smartest pick you could have done. Yeah. The pick that everybody wanted. And, and he, everybody's like, going to rally behind. He puts on the buffs and just fucking represents yeah, Detroit. So, and he's like all in too. He just seems like the guy that... He's a vegan. you know that? Yeah. It's fucking cool. He's, <laughs> he seems super good. You know, he has the same uh, agent as Saquon Bay. Sadiq Bay. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Sadiq <laughs> Bay. 
What did I say? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Saquon. And, uh, <laughs> like Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> They're both SBs. Yeah. And uh, Blake Griffin. Nice. Yeah, the Pistons are going to have, like, because last season the Pistons did, a like, the best tanking job I've ever seen. Like, where all their young players are, like, looking real good, but they're still losing games and getting themselves set up to be the perfect place to win the lottery because, you know, the pers- the team in the second place won the lottery so there are a couple guys i'm sad that we let go of though like i'm really i'm really sad we let go of uh uh yeah uh, i mean Deboya. i don't know i wanted him to be a thing and i know he's still young but yeah dude it's tough to give up on guys like super young he's only like 20 years old you know right and like uh what's that uh ukrainian kid steve the guy, oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. And Steve McKaylick uh, or something? Yeah, and then uh, Bruce Brown, too, on the yeah, Nets. That Bruce. was tough. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they fit. I think Troy Weaver knows what he's doing. Um, oh, I have all faith, but I'm just saying. There are a couple moves, and I'm just like, damn. Like, he hasn't yet had a bad draft Especially, pick. Especially, like... <sighs> considering Saban Lee's still on the team, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey are, like probably would oh, go in the dude. top five in a redraft. Dude, dude, Beef Stew's my boy. Beef Stew, like, just feels like a piston, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we still got Jeremy. We could, like, I don't know. We could, if if Cade comes along, good. And if, uh, well, uh, Killian, Killian Hayes, uh, improves solidly in the second season, like. Oh, I think he will. That's the thing. It was, it's just injuries, you know? Yeah. Ceiling, like, the ceiling for this team is probably competing for, um, the play-in. Uh, yeah, I think I, that's the thing. Which is I, great. Which is great growth from being the second worst team in the league, record wise. And that's the thing. It's you know, I hope that's the thing. I hope people actually wanna you know make the playoffs because it's fun to oh yeah to have that atmosphere and I want them to make the playoffs. I went to the yeah. first the first first playoff game at LCA where the Bucks stomped us. But it still was. Was it the game that Blake played in? Yeah. Damn, dude, he gave his heart out for that. Yeah, I respect it. You know. Yeah, Blake was just put into a bad situation, like yeah, like by an idiot GM and coach, um, yeah. and Stan Van Gundy trying was, to save wait, his was job. Wait, was he president and coach or GM and coach? Um, I think he was. I think he was president and coach, but yeah. I don't. I don't know if we. I don't even know if we had a GM really, like because we didn't even have a GM two years ago. We just had like a bunch of people. And then we got Troy Weaver, finally. Yeah, and he was under the uh, OKC, right? Yep. Which OKC has done like they're a small market that has done like uh, fantastically well drafting players like yeah. Speaking Durant, of which, Westbrook and Harden. Um, we are rumored, along with OKC, along with the Clippers, along with the Heat, along with us to, excuse me, trade for John Wall. John Wall. I don't know if I like that. Don't I don't like it for us. I understand it for OKC. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand it for, I guess, the Clippers, just because they're just going to kind of, they're in it to win it, and John Wall can ball out if he's healthy. Right. Um, the Heat, too, I think I, I could understand. Yeah, one of those they were just in the him. finals. The Pistons do not need John Wall no. clogging up our salary cap yeah. when we probably have a decent shot at letting somebody decent in free agency next year yeah i think especially since we do have this exciting young talent this this season's gonna be interesting yeah. it's gonna be an interesting start too because it's like right away it's like okay are these guys really gonna try to compete 
Or right. is this actually not going to work? And we're going to have to f- fucking change shit up and see well, maybe who we're going to be drafting. I think we know what we have in Sadiq Bay. Like, he's, oh yeah, he's going to be pretty good. Um, and beef, beef stew. Like he might be. I think he might be a little undersized for a center, but who the fuck cares? With their center, who not a real just thing. got put into the Hall of Fame as an undersized center? Yep. Only Say his name. Ben Wallace, baby. Fear the fro. <laughs> Say his name. That was um that was a great time ben. to be a Pistons fan. <laughs> Wallace, Wallace, Wallace. Yeah. Dude, um, that's beautiful. I'm very excited for the Pistons future and they seem like like not maybe not the closest team. I don't I don't know. Like out of all of our teams, like the closest team to competing for a championship is probably the Pistons or maybe the Tigers. Um I'd say the Pistons right now. Um I mean the Tigers like if once they bring up Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson, if they're doing as good as they have been doing, yeah, like then yeah, we could kind of be a monster if Casey Mize comes along. Like seeing Cade Cunningham throw out the first pitch, I just to Casey Mize at Comerica was like that was super cool. That's the fucking the future I, right I here. I just I'm just like it, you know, it's just tough to get past. I feel like the Dodgers at this point, or like teams like San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> we're in a we're we're in a beautiful position assuming we believe in troy weaver um i mean i know no one believes in alavila but the young talent that the tigers have no, i think steve eiserman like everyone believes in stevie yeah and brad holmes has been doing a pretty good job with the shit hand he was dealt um we're in a good position for all of our teams to be good in the latter half of the 20s i guarantee you you could find the last time i was in the studio when we were talking about Detroit sports and you were just saying this is the most depressing time to yeah. be a Detroit sports fan. We went we we just we just we were just peeking out of yeah. the fucking dark shadow that yeah. all these We really are. Teams we're were on the up and up and that just shows. Now it's we're in like, the exciting growth time where we're going to start falling in love with these players. And the thing is too because it's Detroit sports, it's like a quiet thing. It's mm. not like how Philadelphia was like trust the process. Like, we have Cade Cunningham, but we only have one nationally televised game. Yeah. And, and it might be that game we're going to. Uh, against the Rockets, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm super down for. And it's, it's fun to have this, like, Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham little rivalry. Yeah, because they – it's it's honestly, they're both fantastic players. Uh, uh, Green obviously took the G League route, so it's mm-hmm. – um, and Cade, okay, uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Did you see, um, as you know, Cade put on buffs uh, after yeah. like, his press conference, <laughs> like, you know, which apparently are a Detroit thing? Yeah. Um, I'm not positive that they were buffs, but do you know who Kayvon Thibodeau is? This is this, it's, no. it's a, like this prospect coming out for, for college football in okay. Oregon who was on the sideline last week when they beat Ohio State because he was hurt. Okay. But I'm pretty sure he was wearing buffs, and he's projected to be the first overall pick. Oh dang! I don't know if that's a signal like Detroit draft me, like, cause I don't know I don't really trust any of these quarterbacks coming out this year, and Jared Goff is serviceable. Like we might as well build a team before we get a quarterback. Like, and if we get Kayvon Thibodeau here, that would be fucking sick. And like that's have a like sick a sick name too. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's dang. he's a Tom Thibodeau's son, but he's, <laughs> but he's black. Oh no, <laughs> no, doesn't he spell it with like the. Uh... Like the French way, mm-hmm. like with an X. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've seen his highlights before or something. So yeah, you know the Lions. Like, 
I mean, football is the easiest one to turn it around in, you know, but the decimation that this roster is, is going to take. Is it really? Uh, to turn around. You think so? Yeah, there's every year there's a team that finishes last in their division that finishes in first, like most yeah. years throughout the NFL. Mm. Um, I don't know who's going to do it this year or if some, like it doesn't have to happen, you know, but football just because you draft players and they are immediately making impacts on your team. Like we have Pinay Sewell who just uh, played left tackle because Taylor Decker got hurt and he like play, went against uh, Nick Bosa and Nick Bosa's given him credit after and like I don't know if he did like anything bad. Like that's a solid know. building block right there. It just seems like, you know, it's always the Packers and it's, it's just always <laughs> Tom Brady. And our, yeah, how you about to say like <laughs> everything changes? Well, well, once Aaron Rodgers is out of here, probably next year, it's gonna change our division a lot, you know. Unless Justin Fields turns into something, but they don't want to start him because they're starting the Red Rocket. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, and then in terms of hockey, like, I know we're both probably not the biggest hockey fans. I mean, I, I would love to get back into it, but I'm just so out of touch with it that I couldn't really name, like, what's going on. I'm always rooting for them, but I don't want to sound like, yeah, you know, I'd be out of my element talking about it. I feel like hockey is, like, the, the hardest one to turn around. Because, like, you draft players, and I don't play for, like, it's, like, base, it's similar to baseball. It's like, wild, too, that, that they long. do a lottery. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so wild, too, and it's, like, you know, what, five-on-five as well, but it's, like, fucking fucking full Adam. You get two-minute shifts or something. That's that's brutal. I don't like lotteries. It makes makes sense because you don't want tanking, but, like, I feel like there's a better way. Also, too, I just want to say hockey is a hard sport to watch on TV. You think so? Yeah. I, don't like, know, I, I like watching hockey and every time as, I watch as it, a I like person, it. I don't know. As a person, maybe like depending on where I'm watching it, when I'm watching it, got bad eyesight, man. Where the fuck's the puck at? <laughs> well, they won. They did that one season where they highlighted the puck yeah, and everyone I know. hated it. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough for me to watch. Um, hockey. I don't know. Hockey's just so intense and so physical. It mm. is. I mean, it's a great game. But and it's wild. like nonstop action. Like it's wild too, where they they are they allow the fighting on the ice you know mm. and then like uh you know going uh did you see that netflix documentary about the malice in the palace yes i was there yeah so and how so that previous season pistons won the championship yep. and they were getting their ass beat by the pacers that that night and people yeah you know always say pacers probably would have won the title that year oh yeah like, imagine, like, I was thinking about this aspect of, like, imagine, like, had that year Rasheed Wallace guarded Robert Ory for that shot, and the Pistons ended up winning. Like, people would talk about that a lot more, like, had the Pistons ruined that team and then went on to win the finals, like, that would have been a thing, you know? Like, because the Pacers were fucking great and just loose cannons, and Detroit, just that one fucking jackass of a detroit fan just fucking ruined that team ruined jermaine o'neal's career <laughs> but um made ron artest go crazier and turn into meta world peace like no i'm not i don't mean crazy in a bad way and i shouldn't say that but um there's a expedited his mental health issues like when that came out a friend like sent that it was like oh geez like that's so fucking so wild and then i like sent this video of 
uh, Boston Bruins fans going into the state into the stands after Boston Bruins players going into the stands after a Rangers game like the eighties. Oh, that happened. Yeah, and it's the fucking craziest thing you'll ever see in your life. How the hell do hockey players get into the stands? I'll look it up for you. <laughs> like, what do they climb the glass? <laughs> yeah, I'll look it up for you. Keep with talking. Skate, with fucking skates on. <laughs> that seems um crazy to me <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that 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 dives Against into the, the whole, rangers dives into the whole racial aspect of everything it, yeah where it's like like my friend was like oh yeah not gonna name but it's just like oh yeah like they're fucking you know like thugs people are yeah throwing like that line es- especially like national fucking national new- um i don't know if i can play you can play it we might be able to hear it But it is, like, national news labeled uh, the Indiana Pacers as thugs. Yeah, and, like, a bunch of shit. Why do, why do these guys... Or we, I guess you should kind of narrate this. So, the Boston Bruins just won. They're at Madison Square Garden, I believe. And what year did you say this was in? This is, um... 1979, December 23rd, Madison Square Garden... Boston Bruins versus the New York Rangers. Boston Bruins just won. Game's over, and there's a skirmish going on after. Oh, they're not. It, it, it looks like they're all gathered together and, like, getting... They're talking shit. Yeah. It's 1979. Was this, in, this was in the playoffs? Or was this not in the playoffs? Uh, I think this... Is that when playoffs is in in December? No. When was it? December. Yeah. No. no so this is just a re- this is yeah, a reg- this is regular ass regular game. ass game. <laughs> this looks like a surprisingly good video quality for the seven for seventy nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they're all just huddled there. Um. I'm wondering still when they're gonna. What what team goes into the crowd? The Bruins. And that, oh, there's a fight going on. The game is over, folks. I don't know the score. Game is over. The Bruins have won, and there's the, the fans. The fans are getting involved. He climbs oh, over. Oh shit! I, how have I never heard about this? Oh! Holy shit! How the fuck have we not heard about this? Dude, this is that like I have never heard about this. This is crazy that I've never heard about this. The entire team went in to the stands. I don't even know what kind of a wall they they must have had a lot shorter glass back then. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they made the glass bigger. Oh my god. I don't know how good of a audio quality you guys are going to be hearing this, but like, yeah, the Bruins just went into the stands and started beating the shit out of fans, and I like literally have never heard of this. Have you, have you heard about? Where did you hear about this? Is it just lore that you know? Uh yeah. Okay. Why? Just, why don't they ever bring this up when they talk about Malice in the Palace? Exactly. Yeah. Racism, man. Yeah. Fucking white no, supremacy. Like, exactly. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Like that's why. Like. I brought it up in the in the group chat. I was just like, "Oh, hey, you you would think that you, you would think that would have <laughs> you, been mentioned." You, do you know to, that this happened? 
You would think that would have been mentioned during the documentary. It should, it's it's a I think it's a flaw, I, it's a flaw on their part for not mentioning. Honestly, it. The, I think the documentary could have been better. Yeah, I, I mean, it could I, have, I, I think there could have been more people interviewed. Like, I didn't like that it was all from the Pacers kind of point of I view. I didn't mind that part of it because they're the team that got fucked up. You know? Yeah, for sure. But I, I just, I don't know. Like, there, it's okay to have a central focus, but like, you should have referenced it, cross-referenced it with this and the lack of a reaction. I'm like, I'm not. I don't know what the media was like back in '79. Fucking. For hockey too, when hockey was probably the least popular sport, and well, still is. I don't. It, it might have been more popular then, but than than basketball in the seventies. I don't know. But damn, that was fucking. That's fucking wild. Running into the stands with fucking skates on. <laughs> Terry O'Reilly said a fan reached over the glass and punched Stan Jonathan in the face. Jonathan then raised his stick to protect himself, and the same fan grabbed the stick and started swinging at the players. Oh <laughs> After O'Reilly clambered over the plexiglass and grabbed the fan, a couple other fans began punching Terry in the back of the head. Peter McNabb then went after one of the hooligans and Mike <laughs> Mike Milbury went after the other and ripped his shoe off of his foot and started to beat the shit out of the fan with his own shoe. Oh my god. That was some uh, written commentary. Yeah. They say. Damn. What, does that even have like a fun name like Malice at the Palace? No, it's just Brew- Boston Bruins versus New York Rangers fight in the stands. Shoe... They call it the shoe brawl of December 23rd, 1979 between the Boston Bruins, New York Rangers, and Madison Square Garden. Shoe brawl because the dude ripped the fan shoe off yeah. and beat the shit out of him. Damn, so that's you know, the only... <laughs> it's called the shoe brawl. The Malice in the Palace gave, not even in Detroit, but gave Detroit a bad reputation still, and which is probably all, all fucking racism. They had to blow up the Because it's the blackest the city palace. in America. They had to blow out the palace. I mean, I'm sure that's not the reason. Yeah. <laughs> what? Beer number two, entertainment. Well, you uh, never know, though. I'm taking, I'm taking the last IPA here. Oh, well, you're selfish. I know. I bought you. I'm in I, town. I, bought, I bought you a beer at the bar earlier. So come on, man. Call it even. That's not fair. <laughs> That's fine. I've only had light beers except for this one before this. Give me that beer then. You want my real friend? Here you are. Happy birthday. Shout out to that (laughs) Kanye song, Real Friends. Did you listen to Donda? Uh, Not the whole thing. (laughs) I've heard uh, pretty negative reviews. I don't. I'm not a Kanye fan, but. Um. um, But I. Yeah, there's a motorcycle outside. We don't have this room soundproofed yet. (laughs) Um. Uh. But yeah, I've been hearing people talking about it and um, whatnot. Isn't that his mom's name or something? Yeah, I was like, I was like telling my coworker, I was like, man, I gotta be dyslexic. He's like, what do you mean? And I was like, for the longest time. I swear to God, I thought the album was called Donna. <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard the first track. And they were saying Donda. Yeah. And then I looked, I was like, oh shit, it's Donda. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, all you right. You dyslexic, reading impaired motherfucker. I wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, gnarly, dude. That's super cool. He named it after his mom. Donna. <laughs> Donna. That's well, my aunt's name. To be fair, I've never heard the name Donda before. Yeah. It sounds like a fucking like Pokemon character. Dondasaur. <laughs> that too. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't fuck with Kanye, so I don't know. Um, we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. What have you been fucking with in uh, the cinematic universe or the music universe? Um, or anything that pertains to entertainment. You know how we roll here. Anything you want to talk about, Brian? Um, music universe. One of my best friends upstate released his debut album. His name's called Luke Allen. Allen spelled A-L-A-N. Um, his album's called Shortstop. It's pretty gnarly. Think you dig it? It's like Americana, folk, all original stuff. Check it out on SoundCloud. But uh, other than that, I've been fucking with books a lot. Yeah, you showed me this gnarly book that you just had with um. Uh... Oh yeah, uh, it's called Animal Money by Michael Sisico. It's got like um. How would you describe the artwork on it? Um. A naked woman with her brain exploding out of her skull with a giant sloth behind her, a demonic goat. It and, looks like it looks like um, the cover of a Modest Mouse album. Yeah, that's a, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to describe like it. Like trippy fucking trippy fucking shroom shit, and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have any kind of a synopsis or what the book's about anywhere. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I'm excited you haven't read it at all yet, so you have no idea what it's about. No, just. I just never read... judge a book by its cover, but that one you definitely judge by its cover. I just like read... I think that's the most bullshit phrase. Yeah, covers are fucking important. I just read the reviews on Goodreads. Um, I forgot that there's other options. And uh, <laughs> all the reviews were pretty cool, like up my alley, like of what readers I read. Yeah. So, and also read my book and rate it on Goodreads. It was called A Home by Brian Nyson. Check it out. Available now. Anywhere you can buy books online. And we're not going to talk about it anymore. Let's pivot <laughs> to something else. Um, so you've been digging that new Modest Mouse album? Yeah. I didn't really listen to it a lot, but for, I just listened to it once. Honestly, man, I've been listening to a lot of my own playlists. And then um, because of my work, I work in this like... We call it the mezzanine area where you overlook production, but I just do my own tastings by myself down there. He works at a a, a, a winery. A, a winery. I'm winery vineyard. I'm right. So fucking fancy. You should see me. <laughs> He's a Somalian. <laughs> I am the captain. Um, and so I just make my own playlist, but I got tired of listening to the same things. So I've been listening to. I was like, "What's a cool album that I could listen to down here?" that's appropriate and i've been listening to this one album like kind of on repeat uh tranquility base hotel and casino nice i need to get that on vinyl because you remember when we saw them live yeah i i know it was great like i was transformed by the pure sex energy that alex turner was exhibiting on that stage ah that's <laughs> that's becoming like one of my favorite albums of all time Speaking of which, gonna be embarrassing to admit, but I was super stoned with my one of my good friends up up north, up in my home in TC, Joe, and uh, 
I got this new uh, record player up there and we were spinning some records and I was like, you know what? I've never spun this one before. And it was uh, Rumors by... Uh, by Fleetwood? Mac, yeah. yeah. That You've never spun that before? No. It's one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. <laughs> it was my first time ever listening to it. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure you've heard some of the songs on it, but... Yeah. I was just like, yo, we were getting fucking baked. Does that one have the chain on it? What? The chain? Chain. I think so. Keep us together. Yeah. Dude. We're running through the shadows. Dude, I was... And it's got Never Going Back, right? Ah, dude, it was amazing. Classic. That's dude. a top ten album for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... You like know, my, I don't... I don't. Whenever I think of, like, top ten albums, I don't necessarily think of, like, classic rock music like i like to think of it more in the terms of the stuff that i've self-discovered or discovered in my no like yeah i've been like trying to make my own top 10 albums and like because my friend up there and i last year made like our top top albums from uh 2020 and then i've been trying to make my top albums from uh 20 from this year 2021 yeah draw Um, down the moon by foxing um, I could, I'll, I'll have to listen to that right now. Mood, I got a uh, mood ring by Kississippi right now. Like in no random order. I got my buddy Luke Allen. I got a uh, bully jammed alchemist, uh, Bo Jackson, pray for Haiti by Makami, uh, solar power by Lord Van Buren records, bad for press boy anonymous, uh, Paris, Texas. Yeah. I know. Like, um, I know like one of these so far lean into life by PD. Oh, dude, he's Michigan. I've boy. heard of PD. Yeah, he has should... a song California that's Vin on my Staples. playlist. Yeah, you should check him out. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know, some cool stuff. Yeah, like forever ago when you gave me like five albums to listen to, like it gave me like Tiger's Jaw. Um, yeah, and the most notably for me, the one that I really stuck to was uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, and like that one was like you know one of the best albums. Yeah, like, yeah, um, in yeah, the in the airplane the scene, the yeah. When I saw them at a uh, Boston Calling, like they uh, they didn't have the, like the screen projectors on, they were just like very, like hey, like don't don't take pictures of us, don't record us, like we are yeah not about that. And they actually stopped midway through a song, and they were just like hey, like we get it, you're excited, but stop point- recording us. Yeah, like pointed this person out in the front row and they were just like stop. Yeah, if they ever came recording. back, they would do those shows where you had to put your phone in a like a yeah. little thing. I've only yeah, been Yeah, that to, was 2014. I've only been to one of those and it was a Jack White show and it was an, uh, an eye-opening experience having to do that. Cuz like, you know, you're with a friend, and they go to the bathroom, you're just waiting there, not looking on your phone just like wait, I can't do anything. I'm just going to wait and watch like watching people. <laughs> Everyone struggled with the same thing because we're so fucking addicted to our phones. You know? Yeah, Jack White, <laughs> Detroit's finest. Probably um, was a great I show, would, eh? Yeah, um, it was awesome because, the, well, first of all, we got the tickets for free. Shout out to my friend Allie. Um, hey. um, but we were like right, like we were in the lower bowl, but the farthest back, right behind the suite. Mm. And me and Dave Jeremy got to, these people in the suite were nice to us. And they're like, yes, come on over. We just jumped into the suite. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking, it was fucking dope. <laughs> at, at, at LCA. <laughs> oh, nice! I've never seen a show there yet. Um, I've seen like I think three, um, or maybe only two. I've seen the Lumineers there and Jack White. Oh, Lumineers, eh? Yeah, me and Christina went. Um, that was my second to last show before COVID. 
Um, and that was pretty cool. They, they, me and Christina's favorite songs are mine is Donna, not Donda. Um, <laughs> and hers is, um, fucking, I forget what it's called, but they didn't play them the whole time. Then they came off the encore and they only played those two songs. So we're like, dude, we are like fucking meant to see this show together. That's gnarly. Yeah. It's <laughs> so cool. Do you have any, uh, shows, uh, coming up? Um, uh, no, I just went to. I went to um, uh, two shows like in the last month, like in August. I saw Kississippi, who is mm, like mm-hmm. one of my favorite artists right yeah, now. You, yeah, you told me about her. Yeah, she's like a, a she's, I, I say that she's like kind of sounds like Taylor Swift if you actually believed what she was singing about. Yeah. <laughs> like she's like just this poppy fucking awesome, awesome chick. And I, I, I got to, I got to buy her tequila shots cause it was a really small show. So like oh, I nice. met her. Where'd you see her? Um, at, um, the sanctuary in Hamtramck, which is just like a bar. It's like, it, I would compare it to like the token lounge, but like I went with Sophia and Sophia knew the opening band, big Vic. It was her friend, Victoria's opening band. <laughs> <laughs> and then insignificant other was the second band and they were fucking cool i got to meet her too just this little short girl like wearing like fucking angel wings on stage yeah <laughs> and you know i'm just hanging out with kississippi fucking shout out to fucking zoe like she's she's so cool um and yeah we were so close to getting invited to the after party because it was at one of sophia's friend's house but they didn't text her back in time uh, but that was uh... fucking awesome and then i saw um louis and the child which is like an EDM band. It's my first mm. EDM show I went to with Christina. Oh, nice. Um, which I'm I'm not one for EDM shows, but I'm not going to be tripping on something because, right, because right. it's just like these two little boys d- dancing on stage pretending to press buttons on a computer. Uh, that's kind of boring. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, man, I everyone's so hyped. I'm like, this isn't even that cool. I don't know what you guys are <laughs> this is not what I like to see live music for. No. Yeah. <laughs> like I get it at Bonnaroo. Like I've seen some EDM stuff at Bonnaroo and that's like fucking completely different. Like, cause you're out there, you're sweaty. Everyone. And we weren't, we were in the upper balcony too. We weren't in the pit. I would have been a lot more fun in the pit. No, I mean, I've, I've seen a, a DJ set before. I've seen Tycho and he had a cool opening DJ. Too, oh, I have a Tycho song in my playlist. I mean, I love Tycho. I would love, but I didn't like, know there were EDM. I thought it was just a, no, I thought like, it was like two girls. Tycho? No, he's like he's a he has a band when he does it live. Mm-hmm. But when I saw him, he had a DJ set. But we were, you know, tripping pretty pretty well, <laughs> so I didn't mind it. But I hear his, Bro, his band is way fucking cooler. But I, I wasn't complaining. I want to strongly encourage you to listen to more more in depthly to the Golden Casket, uh, Modest Mouse. Oh yeah, I, I will. No, like uh. A friend at work really likes that too. So that been, like, if I put a top ten album out thing, that's gonna be on there. Like, I, I like, did, I did. I thought I, I thought I was going to um not like it because like I heard like one of their first release songs, and I wasn't that into it. Then the whole album came out. I'm like, ah oh, man, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. I'm listening to it, and then I'm like, le- read the lyrics when you do it. Like, yeah, because their first album in six years, and Isaac Rock had two kids in between then. Oh damn. Um, his first two kids. Oh hell! And um, the album artwork is like it's got like a rainbow going into a golden casket, and then like a, yeah. a, a like a black and white rainbow coming out. Yeah. And I feel like it just represents where we are right now. <laughs> like everything was groovy, like in terms of like America and whatnot. And then we get into we're in this we're in this period right here where we're in this like last golden phase before death, and then everything's coming to an end. Like one of her one of his songs is called uh, 
lace your shoes and it talks about him like have it's his only like sentimental song he's like ever wrote really because you know modest mouse is one of the only bands that doesn't write about love yeah but this one's about his children and it's like i can't wait to see you lace your shoes whatnot but then like part of the lyrics are like um i i still hope there's something left for you like i stand on the deck staring out at nothing like just so like hopefully hopeful but still pessimistic like Mm -hmm. and fuck your acid trip such a great song too like (laughs) fuck your acid trip i need to go now like because he's coming out of that because you know he's the guy that wrote good times are killing me which is about doing all these drugs and they're killing him and now he's grown up and yeah um all just classic out uh song titles too yeah (laughs) never fuck a spider on the fly like not entirely sure what that song's about but (laughs) like wooden soldiers that's that's the best my favorite one and like one one of the lyrics is like or so the main lyric is or the chorus is like making plans in the sand as the tides roll in like you know like we're just building houses on these lakeshore things as the water keeps fucking rising like a lot of it's about climate change i feel like i mean i might be extra i might be extrapolating but that's what i took from it i mean that's fine though i think that's the purpose of art is once it's out there at least you know from i don't know that's just what i think it's like once it's out there it's like for everybody's interpretation yeah it's not it's not necessarily only yours anymore yeah like everybody's gonna interpret it their own way which which that's when it's probably good art yeah and that's like they might have a different way but Mm. who gives a fuck it's like that's how you interpret it and that's a good way to interpret it yeah like that's in wooden soldiers one of the lyrics is or it ends with like just um just being here with you is enough for me like it says that a lot and it's like damn yeah um that's how i feel about most things just being here with my people that's enough for me like i don't need i don't need anything fucking fancy i just need you Uh, (laughs) so yeah check out that album you guys all know i'm modest mouse i I stand them as as my second favorite band and probably my first because (laughs) they're gonna keep making music like (laughs) It's my second and my first. It's the only one I have a tattoo of, so for now. For now. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than music, uh, you've been fucking with any TV? You watched that new Ted Lasso season? Not yet. I have to renew my subscription. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm caught up, baby. Dude, the new episode I'm... comes out tomorrow. I know. I know. I need to catch up. I love that show. I just haven't been watching shows, man. I mean, that's, like, all I watch. <laughs> i just been doing that Space Coast, 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 which is a great HBO Max show. <laughs> if you're getting stoned and uh, looking to watch a talk show about nothing, about a uh, superhero from the 60s cartoon interviewing real-life celebrities <laughs> via camera. Um, uh yeah hands well, down like the funniest shit i've ever seen i'll have to check it out i mean we 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 as in me and you and colloquially all of our other friends in our own separate groups have all been talking about i think you should leave oh yeah that's a great <laughs> great great show so too. if you haven't seen that it's like a fucking sketch comedy show uh, my brother described it as the whitest kid you know mixed with key and peel Dude, I love... Oh, R.I.P. to um, R.I.P. Trevor. Trevor Moore and R.I.P. Yeah. Norm McDonald. I guess we can talk about yeah, him here, too. Yeah, damn. I mean, we don't have to. Just, we should... Let's talk about... A, yeah, two great comedians that passed. Um, 
You know, they say they go in threes, so we probably got one more coming soon. <sighs> Who you got money on? I got Kevin Hart. <laughs> Heart failure. <laughs> For those listening closely that caught me saying, Nick, good on you. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Nick Offerman? <laughs> Here's looking at you, kid. I'm going to go with... Thank you for calling me a comedian. Um, well, you made me laugh tonight, so... Oh, God, they come in three. Oh, dude, that's right. God damn. Now, nah, maybe it'll be someone that really sucks. Like, um, that one fucking... Dude, no, you know who it's going to be? Who? It's because it was the whitest kids you know. Yep. Which was like, you know, kind of like niche, like not a lot of people know about him. Then it was Norm McDonald. It's like, okay, this is like people kind of know. And then it's either going to be Graham Norton. <laughs> Dude. Bo Burnham or Pete Davidson. Oh my God. I hope it's, I'm sorry, Pete Davidson, but I hope it's not Bo Burnham. <laughs> Dude, because Bo Burnham just put out Inside. Yeah, do you like that? I haven't watched it yet because I heard it's like super depressing and I'm like It's I'm, good. Yeah, I'm once I get back up state back back home to TC, I'm going to I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, I don't think you have to be like worried about how depressing it is. Oh like, no, like I just like I don't know, I'm bad at watching shows, you know. Well, it's a special. Um and it's super impressive. Like I'm sure yeah, you know the no, details. Yeah, no, no, like I've I've heard it's filmed, super good. Filmed it himself in yeah. a room, like Which is super cool. And also if you watch his previous special on Comedy Cent or on Comedy Central on Netflix, it's on Netflix. I forget what it's called, but after he does like the on-stage performance, it ends like with him in that room that his whole thing takes place in. Oh, that's not really. Like I didn't like cuz I just watched it after cuz I liked um that special so much um and bo burnham is just like such a such a different kind of comedian like yeah like, he was like youtube famous yeah one of the, like one of the first youtube stars yeah him and charlie bit my finger yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's hilarious yeah um and he's so real and honest and like just so good at making these stupid songs like <laughs> You know, it's like Stephen Lynch used to, I remember him as like a singing comedian type thing, but like, you know, not, I don't, I don't, I don't feel the honesty that I feel with Bo Burnham, like, and the, I'm not wishing death upon them, but you that's your just, prediction. I, I, and mine's Kevin Hart. So <laughs> for no reason, <laughs> damn, does that make we have to watch watch they they <laughs> they both die tomorrow. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and we're just fucking. No. We really are future travelers. The one hundredth and eightieth. One. One hundred and eighty episodes. Of and now Nick six. and Brian, whenever they're together in the same room, can predict death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna die <laughs> maybe it's gonna be you dying uh, from the laughter that i'm bestowing uh, upon you right man. now <laughs> i just take that sword off the wall <laughs> <laughs> you try to cut my head off but it just gives me blunt force trauma in my neck because it's not sharp but i die anyway 
just less glory. What if by the end of this glory. episode we somehow just get teleported to to when we took that photo? That... <laughs> Kevin Hart took it, and then you just kill him. <laughs> Kevin Hart took it, and Bo Burnham painted it. Jesus Christ, <laughs> man! Is this the start of a new novel? Eh? <laughs> Well, the last one we tried to write, we got the quarantine date way fucking wrong. We did. It's over It's over two years. <laughs> when did we put the quarantine date? September 11, 2020. And we just passed September. Oh, I guess we can talk about September 11th in the next segment. But um, uh, I just read a book. I just finished a book that was about the 20th anniversary. About um, It was by Steve Erickson. That came out in 2017 called Chattabon. That was about the Twin Towers reappearing in the Badlands of South Dakota after the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Very Lynchian, very dreamlike. Uh, the, uh, you sent me the back of the book and it said it was like a, a like a road trip musical. Yeah. In a book form. Yeah. <laughs> and what does it? What does that mean? Oh, it was weird. It, it was like uh, the stillborn, like so Elvis Presley's stillborn brother Jesse. Oh shit! That's what they were talking about in that. Yeah. So Elvis Presley really had like a twin brother who was born twenty five minutes earlier. Excuse me, thought they named Jesse, who was stillborn. And for some reason, he's alive on the, on the 93rd, 93rd floor. Okay. And he, so he, like, jumps off the building and become, and, like, takes Elvis's place and, like, rewrites history. And, like, you know, John F. Kennedy never becomes president. He becomes this bum and... Uh, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's a fucking weird ass book. Yeah, that sounds very strange and sounds like a very, you know, it was an easy read. It took me like four days to read because it was very like quick, like very short, very short chapters. Yeah. Like super, that's what I like. Only like 300 pages. Like if you want to read it, you can't, I'll give you a copy, but, uh, I don't recommend it just because it was, I only read it because I had it on my shelf, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like I've yeah. read his book before." Oh, I'm behind on books, so I and got... I was like, "There's no other way." I'll, I started it like the day I got home, which was on Saturday, September 11th, the 20th anniversary, because you brought it up. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll start this." There's and it's the takes place <laughs> on the 20th anniversary, so I'm like, "Oh, it's." Cliche. So you're reading it like in real time. Yeah, except it didn't feel like in real time. The pres- well, yeah, the towers did not appear. Yeah, in the Badlands of South Dakota. And also the, they, at the time, referred to the president as her. Oh, okay. They were expecting Hillary to win? Maybe. But, or... Like everyone was. Or I guess if it was September of 2021... It would have been, yeah, Would do you think Hillary would have been reelected? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Depends on if COVID would have happened. Like, yeah. Because I, I, don't, I don't know. It's hard to rewrite history, you know? Yeah. But, like, most of the time throughout American history, the uh, incumbent president gets reelected. Like. Also, again, this was published in 2017, so. 
Right, so it was probably written in 2015, 16. I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 do, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> oh, um, my friend and I want to write a, a TV series. You should help us. We're going to call it that. <coughs> call it what? That? It doesn't matter right now. Okay. <coughs> What's it? Do you have a... Do you just have a title? No, it's about... <laughs> just... We'll talk about it off set. Come on, man. Don't, embar- don't embarrass me. You brought it up! Don't embarrass me right now. God damn, man. Just put me on the spot. God damn. Um, anyways, um, I know you're not because I asked you off air, but uh, you should start watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Okay. Um, you got Hulu, right? I do, I do. Nicole Kidman's in it. Um, hey. Stella. Come over here. Sorry, Stella's trying to ruin the fucking set again. She's back in the studio out of her lockdown. There you go. Um, uh, but Nicole Kidman's in it. She plays like. Did you see? Did you see? Um, uh, the White Lotus. No, not yet. Like I said, man, I've been bad on watching shows. Well, I mean, these just seem like Brian Nice in shows. So <laughs> you don't, you don't know me no more. <laughs> um, but I like this one better than the White Lotus. Um. Well, the White Lotus is good, and you should definitely watch it. This Are you? One... Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna ask if you were excited for a show coming up. What show? The uh, Wheel of Time. Uh, is that Amazon Prime? Is, is that, that based on a book? Fourteen book series. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know much about it, or that it, I did not know it was even coming uh, out. Uh, Roseman Pike is in it. Nope. Are you excited for your Dune movie? I've been, Dude, I've been hearing I've been hearing yeah. not good reviews. Yes, yeah, <laughs> which is fucking concerning. Yeah. <laughs> because they, don't they have yet to make a good Dune movie? Because they've made a couple. Well, no, they made they made the uh, David Lynch one, which he you know David Lynch is like one of my favorite American artists ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, yeah, I disannounced that movie. He's like, I the studio took over it's not i fucking hate it yeah and i've i've never seen it but uh it was kyle mclaughlin star i believe but um then they did a mini series okay. and, and then i i heard this movie covers whenever i think of doing i'm thinking of the series tremors for some reason oh, that's weird <laughs> and i also but i i, think, I know it covers I don't know. Just from the trailer, it just seems like it covers like the first book, and I'm like, damn. I also heard that they were just doing like a uh, TV show about the Benny Gesserit, the director was. Um, I don't know who that is. He did Prisoners, and um, he's a French guy. Did Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is I know a movie you like that I yeah can't get through. That's yeah, then you won't like Dune. Probably not. Um, yeah, I, I, I get, you don't, you don't like art. I get poisoned by the jury a lot when um. Uh, you only like superhero films now, Nick. I do like superhero films, uh, and I, and there, I went through a long period of not liking them. But Marvel knew what they were doing with fucking Infinity Wars and Endgame, and I'm super stoked for this new Spider-Man. You're a sucker. You've changed. <laughs> I think I've always been this way. I like 
most things. But once I hear that there's something that got bad reviews, it, I tend to not like it. So I read this book by this Hungarian writer called Satan Tango. And oh, I started watching Lucifer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and all the all the chapters are just kind of like one one paragraph. Like he just keeps on writing. And oh, is that scary book you were talk- telling me about? Yeah, it was the red one. Yeah. It was only 300 pages, but um so I bought the uh the DVD, Blu-ray and waiting to watch the movie cuz he teamed up with uh this Hungarian uh director to write the movie. Um and it's 7 hours long all in Hungarian. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> cuz you are a true Fear number 3. <laughs> Politics. You're in the studio for the first time. The first time you uh, probably didn't hear the president grab me after that drop, huh? Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> so you ain't a true artist, Nick. Um, if you uh, won't watch a seven-hour film. <laughs> I think that's a tall order, especially when it's in Hungarian. It's all in black and white, too. Oh, God, yeah, and I, you know how I feel about stuff like that. Dude, it's cinematic art. I feel like the, the last black and white film I watched and liked was Nebraska. Oh, that's a great film. I, I just That just reminded me of it, because I didn't watch Roma, uh, which I know won the Academy Award. Did it, it win the Academy Award? It didn't. Didn't something else won when... Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, um, you want to talk about politics? <laughs> What's going on with them? Um, uh, you know, half the country's not getting faxed. Joe Biden just made it uh, so that soon everyone that works in a governmental fashion is going to be forced to be vaxxed. I heard that. They want to maintain their jobs. Um, and, you know, obviously the right's freaking out about it. Nicki Minaj's cousin. Got, yeah, I got, don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend got uh, dumped on her wedding day because he took the vax and his balls swelled up or something, which sounds Yo! like a, sounds like a fucking fake ass thing. You remember? Do you want? Have you ever watched South Park? Like I don't watch it currently. Um, yeah, I've been but like I've, I've been like getting more and in, more into it. Like, okay, like, like I haven't watched it in years, but I remember that one episode where their balls swell up so they can get. Yeah, the, medical yeah. marijuana. It's like <laughs> he, he's like riding around on his nuts. He's like <laughs> like a fucking like one well, of those classic balls with the handle that used to jump yeah. on as a kid. <laughs> They're singing Bob Marley songs. Um, other than that, I mean, we're still dealing with the pull out of Afghanistan that was botched and fucking the repercussions of spending trillions of dollars on a war that didn't do anything but make a bunch of money for military contractors and people still don't understand the downfalls of capitalism but whatever (laughs) i'm kind of done trying to explain shit to people well i mean if you want to talk about something lighter like if you guys if 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 you know anything about vermeer um one of his paintings uh He's cracking another. Oh, yeah, it's the third beer. Grab me one, will you? <laughs> uh, Vermeer's painting, one of his new ones that's just going on display in Germany. I will look up the the museum in a second that I'll mispronounce. Wait, Brian, are you using your first ever holdup? Um, yeah. Well, you have to say it. Hold up. <laughs> and we're talking about a painting for the rest of this. 
Yeah, why not? All right. Um, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but um, you're pulling up a Vermeer painting? Yeah, we're just going to talk about paintings, and then we're just going to go off with whatever else. I'm going to look it up, too. How do you spell Vermeer? V-E-R-M-E-E-R. You silly goose. Johannes? Yeah. Um, so anyways, this painting, um, girl reading a letter at an open window, um, I guess since 2017 they've been x-raying it and found that this painting, uh, was painted over not by him but by somebody else and there was a painting of Cupid behind it and then, like, days before they even put it out for exhibition, uh, in, uh, this, um... German Museum, which I still have to look up. Um, they found like this little like wine goblet underneath the the green uh, robe next to it. Uh, I'm looking at the painting right now. The painting is like it's described: girl reading a letter over open mirror. It looks like a like back in the day painting. There's some. It's very very detailed. Looks... Dude, Vermeer has become my favorite artist just because of that uh this is a robbery documentary. Yeah. On Netflix, have you watched that? No. It's ama- it's the we we're, we're going we, the, the, this Dude, this hold painting up. is fucking insane. This like, is the hold up. This is the hold up. Even like the even the reflection in the open mirror or open window like has her reflection painted perfectly on the translucent glass dude i paid 75 dollars for a book just about vermeer and it has all of his fucking paintings in high quality and then this came out i was like god damn it <laughs> yeah and so you're saying there's a secret cupid behind it yeah so they also <coughs> excuse me the this is a robbery documentary on netflix the four-part miniseries highlights how uh it's the biggest art heist ever on the planet mm. where they so i think Ver- i have heard of this i did so, not watch it but i have heard of this so Vermeer's like this artist that only has speculated maybe painted 34 to 36 paintings that they found and they've taken one i think it's called the concert okay and no like no one's ever found it they owe also stole Rembrandt's also only seascape. Okay. Which it's it's just like the most <laughs> fascinating thing because they were heisting this place for a total I think of eighty one minutes. Oh, so relatively short, or is that long? That's a super long time. I I don't know. I'm not a heister. Yeah, but they were like also cutting the paintings out of the portraits. Where it would take, like, quicker time to just, like, unscrew them. Yeah. And it damages them. To why, were they, them. why were they doing it like that? No one knows. That's what's fucking crazy. Interesting. A, it's a wild documentary. So, like, no one knows why they were cutting them out instead of unscrewing them. Yep. But no one knows. They, obviously, if they're pulling off this kind of a heist, and they got away with it, right? Yeah. So, so they, they, they probably aren't stupid, so they probably did it for a reason. So, you have to watch it. Also, they walked in, and they go, they pull the guy away from behind the desk, which has the alert system mm-hmm. to alert, you know, Boston PD or whatever, and they go, 
Because they're like, hey, come here, come closer. You look like somebody we have a warrant out for. And the guy's like, what, what? It's the night shift. It's St. Patty's Day. It's March, technically March 18th, 1990. And he's like, get your partner over here. Get this partner. They handcuff him. They're like, gentlemen, remain calm. This is a robbery. And they spend almost two hours robbing this place of some of, like, the wildest paintings. Uh Mostly Dutch stuff. But, like, it's it's just mind-blowing because no one knows where this stuff is. And And they didn't sell it? Or we no. don't we don't know if they did. No, it's it was too hot to move. Yeah, dude, if anyone had that shit, you'd know. And they cut. I'm getting stuck on them cutting it out. Yeah, right? like they took a they took one of Rembrandt's self portraits off the wall, and they thought they took that like they started to cut it, but they didn't finish. Uh, they took. And Re- what year did this happen in? 1990, in Boston. Okay, so it would have been before September, like St. Patty's Day. It would have been probably before they could have tracer things, right? Like, you know, like GPS shit before GPS, right? Um, like that's the only th- like that's the only thing I can think of why they would cut this shit out is like, okay, maybe the <laughs> frames have like tracer like G- no, GPS. like it would make like more sense to like drill them out, right? But like if the fr- if they were in the- if they were hit- had hidden like a, a tracker. In there, but I don't. That was probably before they had that technology. I don't know. Maybe I don't not. know. I don't know because like maybe they did. I don't know when G. When did GPS come? Because like because there's one where they there's this uh, Rembrandt sketch, this mm-hmm. very tiny sketch that Rembrandt did in like 1624 or wherever the fuck, and in like it's so small that the dude could have you know fit it in his pocket. He like took the time to unscrew it. And take it, like just oh, okay. just the paper. Interesting. And then they took like this Napoleonic eagle off off a staff. They took this Chinese uh, cup. It was like things that were like, you know, they took Rembrandt's only seascape, which is like, you know, for uh, you know, I guess like art historians, that's like fucking massive. There's no other seascape. It's the something at Galilee where it's like Jesus guiding them through the storm of Galilee, whatever. Um, maybe this, maybe this is a fucking Rembrandt. It's yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like like these important pieces that are just lost forever, and then you you see these guys and these people like do this documentary that's like, no, it's for sure in Saudi Arabia. Like these print, this prince has it. It's like. Oh no, it's like over here in Germany or like no, like Putin has it in Russia or something. Yeah, I mean it's probably somebody powerful enough to not be questioned. Like that's what the thing in the first episode is this guy says it's like, Oh yeah, there's the Doctor No theory. Where it's like, you know, in James Bond, Doctor No has like this all these fucking paintings up there and then it's like mm. he's like, Well, you know he's like if he were to have that, like, the reward at the time was $200 million for any information about it. And now it's up to $500 million. He's like, it's like, they would have ratted him out. It's like, 
No. Right. Those guys who robbed the place are probably dead. Right, yeah. Like, and that's what goes on later in the series, too, because there's another painting that was stolen where they go in because it's, like, on... They have sensors on the floors, and they took, like, the physical copy of all the sensors that were, that were recorded, but they still had, like, a hard copy mm-hmm. recorded of it, and the dude who was the first to, like, let the cops in, who said this is a robbery and robbed the place, was the last to be in the what they call the blue room. That was the only pain missing from the blue room that was on the floor, first floor. And all the other robberies, all the other missing paintings came up on the second floor. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, walk me through it again. Sorry. So, I'm, in, I'm in my mind thinking about the moon landing. Uh, <laughs> because, so, cause of how much, basically because of how much you said like they would pay $500 million for any information about this. Yeah. Like... And then, I'm sorry, it just pissed me off about people that believe that the moon lands a conspiracy. Like, I have some friends that are like that. Like, and if, That's crazy. if any of the people that were on set creating the fake image of the moon landing, they would have you, you don't think Russia would have paid fucking way more than that to figure out that was fucking faked? Like, sorry, I got a little stuck in my head right there. No, but, it's okay. uh, but, anyways, re describe that to me. Um, basically. Um. So you said the blue room and an upstairs room. Yeah, like the the guy who let the cops in, who's on the night shift at this museum. Yeah, the Isabel Stewart Garden Museum. After it was robbed, right? This is before it's robbed. Oh, before it's robbed. Okay. He's the last one to let them in, and then it gets robbed. Everything's pretty much stolen on the second floor, and there's a piece missing on the first floor. He was the last one to go through the first floor. Like, unless they somehow got there? No. So they're thinking the cops involved? The cops that... The the people who robbed them aren't cops. They dressed up as cops. But it's pretty much like... Oh, okay. How did that painting from the blue room on the first floor go missing? if the guys that robbed the entire place only robbed the second floor and that's where they get you in the documentary because it's like oh shit it must have been an inside man yeah because that's the thing they bring in this guy who opens the case 20 years cold like this dude's just like fuck it i just got brought into this scene and he's like i'm i want to know every single second what goes down and it's the wildest documentary I've ever seen in my life. Does it come to a conclusion? You don't. I mean, you don't find out where the paintings are, no. Right, because no one knows still to no. this day. Like, there are people like... I want to know why they cut them out. That's, th- the, that's yeah, the craziest thing that's, for me. Dude, it, like, they interview people who... Fucking like, aliens, man. See, they interview These people who work, flying fucking aliens. who work there, and they're just like, it breaks my heart. Like, some of those were my favorite, and... They interview uh, Miles Connor Jr., who was in jail at the time, but he, like, was, like, the notorious Boston art thief. 
Mm-hmm. Like he just like has stolen like a bunch of art from museums and was also a rock and roll artist at the time. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I swear to God, like they're in Saudi Arabia. They're with the prince out there. I swear to God, I know a guy. It's on. And it's like, we're like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, imagine creating art so good that people can make heists of this shit. Like if, <sighs> if, if 20 years after I'm dead, people are trying to get a split six NFT, the very first one. 20? <laughs> you think 20? I don't know if I was that famous, like you know, like because when did this? You have to get famous what, now. When did this artist die? Rembrandt. Yeah, is he still alive? Bro, he died in the 1600s. Oh, okay. So holy shit, bro! I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not good at. I I don't I don't like uh you, you know, study art still, you art history. They, <laughs> the heist happened in 1990. Yeah. Okay. So old shit. They're like stealing Banksy. <laughs> Well, yeah, especially with like artists that are like, you know, there aren't a lot of them. Like, like I said, there are only like thirty four, thirty six Vermeers. Yeah, and they think that, and that painting. The I mean, the one painting I I don't know shit about, uh, you know, art history or whatnot. But that one painting, like, is phenomenal. Like, it's fucking. Oh yeah, I really love. Uh... I don't know how people can recreate stuff that that good, but you know. Like, I don't know. Like, if I went, if I did this on a computer screen and I went pixel by pixel, I could probably recreate that in like twenty years. Maybe if you had enough tries. They call this the uh, the Dutch Mona Lisa. That's the girl with the pearl earring. Uh huh. I mean, it. That's it, by Vermeer. It looks good, but like, I, also, I don't get the infatuation by art that much, like. By by art by paintings, I should say. Like photography, I get it. It takes a special eye to to capture a special shot. Like and you know, like you even I know you fucking don't fuck with them, but like fucking Marvel movies and the CGI work they do and shit, like that is some of the most incredible things I've ever fucking seen. And the incredible imagination that goes into it. And this is like working with a limited medium because you have just which is makes it even more impressive kind of because you don't have technology to assist you you just have your hand and colors on a fucking palette and they can create shit like that like that's impressive my my that thought might have been all over the place <laughs> yeah but yeah shit we should steal some art I would love to. That's what. That's maybe what's gonna be uh one of my one of my next uh, books that I'm writing here is gonna be about. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that one of your next uh, hobbies. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. We'll see. And you know, heist, doing heists and getting away with them is kind of a form of art. Yeah, it used to be legal to break out of prison back in the day. Oh, if I ever go to prison, I'm breaking out. Because they, it was like your constitutional right to escape or something. That's why, like, I don't know. When I was driving up here, I was listening to a Billy the Kid podcast, and he broke out of prison a lot. And, like, he, you know, he probably could have, like, never gone to prison if he just, like, stood in self-defense when he killed his first person. But he escaped, and they're like, oh, yeah, you can go. Just don't do anything bad. And he kept doing stuff bad so i was like all right you gotta, you gotta come back but you think you could break out of prison 
I've watched Prison Break before, so yeah. And I already have a couple tattoos. <laughs> if so. you're ever in prison for a wrongly incriminated thing, I'm breaking you out. Um, what am I in prison for? That's what I'm saying. If, like, it's something you didn't do, but you just got, like, fucking, uh, uh, what's, the, why can't I think of the word? Where you got, fr- you got framed yeah. for something. Yeah, I'm going to break you out. Like, let's say, like, I'm your That's only alibi high. and I was actually with you, but somehow the, the evidence is so overpouring that they still put you in there. I'm getting you out of there. That's super kind. It's like, I, I always want to rewatch that show, but then it's like, I remember how, like, I'm like, eh. Yeah. I don't need to. It's kind of how I am with Lost. I'm like, eh, I don't need to. I I watch, well, I was randomly watching uh, This Is 40 today. Um, It's Paul Rudd. Uh, oh, yeah. But, like, they the kids are talking about, like, watching the last episode of Lost, like, the whole time. And I'm like, oh, damn, this brought me back a little bit. I loved that show. <laughs> What uh? What what would I be in prison for? Let's say you're in prison for murder. This is. But I was with you when they for, said you murdered somebody. For, for the real ones, this is like a Seinfeld episode where Jerry goes, "Kramer, if I murdered someone, would you turn me in?" He goes, "You betcha." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "I don't want to be friends with a murderer, Jerry." <laughs> Sorry, I always have to make a sign. If you murdered reference. somebody that. Like if it was somebody I didn't know, like I probably I wouldn't turn you in. I don't think. Okay, stop. Unless unless I like really thought you were a bad person. Like if you accidentally killed somebody, no, I'm not turning you in. Stop. Um. So I'm in jail for murder, but I didn't do it. Yeah, let's say like cool. Like I'm the only one that knows you didn't do. Like knows without a shred of a doubt that you Dude, didn't do it. Dude, it's like that uh show um or the book to Stephen King um The Outsider. Hmm. Wait. Did I did I did I see that show? Yeah, that's the one with Jason Bateman, right? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was. And great. shout out to Jake McTee for sending me up the book. That was very kind of you. That was um took some turns I was not expecting. Hmm. And, uh, very dark. Yeah, that was fucking great. It, it like um, very dark. You know, it's like it's like sharp, sharp, sharper objects, but with like a yeah. with like a sci-fi twist. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I just watched this show on Apple Plus called Defending Jacob. Mm. Um, I have to renew my Apple Plus. I should, shouldn't I? I mean, just because of Ted Lasso and then yeah. Defending Jacob, I was really good and leaves Lasso. you like wondering, mm. like. Um, it's a mini series, so there's only one season. Oh. You know, it's kind of like Mayor of Easttown too. Um, uh, have you seen that yet? Not yet. You you should watch that. You would love it. Like that's the closest thing I've seen to True Detective season one. Uh, is Mayor of Easttown. Carcosa. Yeah. Um, really good. Like troubled characters. Kate but, Winslet. Um, but defending Jacob is um, like Chris Evans is the the lead in it. And the kid, you watch, do you watch the It movies, the newer ones? Not both of them, no. Did you watch the first one? Yeah. Um, Chris Kelsey, shout out to Chris. The kid with the, uh, like, the speech impediment. Yeah. Um, he's, like, the kid in it. He's Jacob. Basically, okay. basically like, Jacob is accused of murder. Oh, another hey, kid. Hey. And uh, you kind of just go through, like, the parents' struggle of their kid being accused of murder and Oof. trying to defend him. And whether you think he did it or not. Oh, that's heavy, eh? 
Yeah, and it's good. It's like it's it's really good. I honestly, Chris Evans is my least favorite thing about it because I don't really like his acting that yeah, much. He's not. I mean, I, I I. But that kid is fucking really good at acting. He's pretty cool. That's the only thing I think I've seen him in. Yeah, I think yeah, I saw it with Chris. He also plays we... he also plays Morty in the Rick and Morty live action trailers that they just made for the season finale with the the guy from uh Oh yeah fucking Back to the Yeah, Future. I saw that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't really need this. <laughs> well, yeah. you're not you're not a big Rick and Morty person. I mean, I I I don't know if I'm caught up. Like I watch it. You know, I'm more of a fan of is the uh, that other one that Solar Power. Oh, okay. I like that one a lot. I tried watching that, but it seemed, you know, I, like Rick and Morty's like on on like the rotation of shows I watch before I go to bed. Oh. So like I'm like really invested in Rick and Morty, and it was just too similar. Oh, it, I mean, it's the same fucking people, but right. they got a crazy fucking storyline going on there. Yeah, I should watch it because uh, Rick and Morty just finished their new season and. Rick and Morty's just so good. I really like it. Um, I mean, to each their own. I, uh... Hey. I, I, uh, you know. I wrote a book, alright? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to talk about. Well, we can talk about you writing, or watching The Good Place, finally. I haven't watched it yet. Um, you... You're not gonna love it, but you'll like it. You know, it's like a it's a it's a sitcom, and uh, it has the most. Seinfeld's my favorite. R.I.P. to uh, Michael K. Williams, Omar Little from The Wire. Oh yeah, the goat. About, maybe he was the third. Oh no! Don't say that, man. Maybe uh, so that would make uh He wasn't a comedian though. That would make Norm the third. Who? Norm Mac. Norm Macdonald. Wait. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. If you count him and. Um, Michael Williams and the fuck was the other person? We were talking about. Him <laughs> I don't know. Oh God, memory sucks. <laughs> um, it's not Eleven's anniversary. <laughs> but Michael K. Williams is so cool, man. Like, I don't, I don't. You're not like a huge Wire fan, but for me, that's my favorite show of all time. I'm planning on I, rewatching it. And I, I always, a... I always rave about it. Um, oh, dude, it's I. It's not. It's not exactly my genre of show. Yeah, but, but like you like, can it tell, it's a you, fucking good show. It took you a long time to yeah, watch. Yeah, I'm still. It. I'm still not all the way finished with the last God, season. Dude. I have a book um, that goes along with it that like interviews all the mm-hmm. you know the actors, and I'm excited to do that. And November, yeah. December when it slows down for me. And when when he died, I was watching CNN, and they I had, was shocked, man. That they that had a uh, they had a uh, bump- fifty one. They had Bubbles and um, the girl. I don't. I forget her name. The the actress that plays the lesbian cop. Oh, Kima. Yeah, they had both of them on a scene, and I was like, "Damn, dude!" Like, because this is one of the shows that I've like been watching since probably for like a decade, and I haven't finished it still. But I've been watching it like sparingly. Hands down, my favorite show of all time. Top top one of top one. Yeah, I mean, I suggest it to everybody. It's it's just not my my uh, genre. You yeah. know, I'm not like it's the most realistic show ever. Yeah, that's what I always say. It's like this is this is what um, a cop show is, 
or what but should be. But it's not like and it's not even just, cop and it's not propaganda either. No. Like it's it's real. The cops suck in it. Like yeah, they're shitty. Like they actually are, and the drug dealers are shitty, and good at the same time. Like you know, everyone's just fucking trying to survive. Yeah, and it's a beautiful show. Yeah, everyone's got it's 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 really good. Um, the fourth season might be the best because it's just all about like the teachers and like yeah. School Is system. there five seasons? Yeah, yeah. The fifth I'm season. On the the fifth season's about the journalists, and, like, that's who wrote it, is a guy who was, like, a, a Boston journalist, I believe, and the other one was, like, a, or, I'm sorry, a Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore, and then the other one was a Baltimore cop, I believe, mm-hmm. so, and they, like, have, like, people who are really, like, Baltimore police, and, like, you know, there's not many, you know, there's not many, like, shows that can compete with that in terms of realism, and it didn't really get nominated for anything, and like that's where Aegis Ella got to start too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's such a cool show. Yeah, um, not it's not going to be on any of my like top ten favorite show lists, but like I respect the hell out of it. Hell yeah! You know that says a lot when I I, I maybe I'm just sucking my own dick, but it says a lot when I like a show. Or respect a show that I don't necessarily like. You wish you could. <laughs> like that. Like I said, that book that I was talking about, it reminded me a lot of uh, the the leftovers. It makes me want to watch that again. That, That's our favorite. That is our favorite, and that is where we will end this. Um, Brian, you want to plug that book that you wrote again? Yeah, it was called A Home by me, Brian Nyson. Buy it online. And even if you don't buy it, give it a five-star review on Goodreads. Unless they go up yeah. to ten. If they go up to ten, give it a ten-star review. Yeah. <laughs> rate it on Goodreads. Rate it on Amazon. Just buy it. Give it to your friends. Recommend it. It's fun. It's a fun read. I like it. I don't know. It's cool. I would ask you if there's it's anywhere where, where people can follow you, but I know you're off social media. So. I, I, uh, at BMNison on Instagram and Twitter, but I don't really do much, so... Um, hey, just read my book, all right? That's all I ask. <laughs> Be cool. Read his book, everybody. You can find me at Nick Wigella on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Facebook if you want. Um, thank you for splitting six with us. Hopefully we'll be back next week. And remember, it's more important to listen to somebody else than it is for them to listen to you. We love ya. Love ya.